I'm just going with the flow. So, You're listening to Three Wise Truck Guys from Key Advisors. Uh, welcome to the Three Wise Truck Guys. This is Keith Ely, and uh, this is episode three. Uh, with me today are our usual other two wise guys, John Whitnell and Mark Martinsick. How you all doing? Keith, uh, thanks. Listen, we're starting to get lots of feedback from our clients regarding uh, what what Key Advisors' perspective is on 2020. And I don't I don't think there's any question that you know we've been through the best of times here. 2018, 2019 were were really fabulous years for our business. But there's several early indications are that uh, 2020 is is going to be a different kind of a year. And uh, so the questions that we've been getting relate to, hey, uh, you know, what should we be doing now to begin to prepare ourselves for 2020? So that's, uh, Keith, that's what we're going to talk about today. What's that do for you? That sounds like a great topic. Um, we are getting lots of, lots of feedback on that, John. I know we've, we've seen some quotes in transport topics and from Cummins and Allison and uh, I think the VP of Max said the other day that they're expecting uh, the market to be about two hundred forty thousand rather than three hundred forty thousand. So it's going to be a it's going to be an interesting year. It's really back to normal. Keith, I think even if you look outside of our industry, you start to look at some of the macroeconomic data that's out there. Uh, you know, some of that's flashing uh, conflicting signals. Uh, you know, we're we're sort of uh, when you look at the manufacturing sector, uh, you know, we've had some some bad months in a row. Uh, when you look at some of the overall GDP numbers, there's some concern there. So, you know, it's uh, it's not going to be as good in 2020 as it as it was in uh, the last couple of years, which have been banner banner year for our industry. So, you know, it's really timely for us today to be thinking about the business planning process for 2020, specific actions dealers can be doing to get ready for 2020, and how do we position ourselves so that we can t- continue to have economic success next year in 2020. Mark. I'm sure that you're uh, you're getting some comments from your from your dealers about how to generate additional margin off of fixed stops and and uh, especially how to do that when change is coming on the truck sales side, both new and used. You're right, Keith. Obviously, every time uh, truck sales slow down, people turn their attention to uh, fixed absorption and. Uh, Fixed absorption, as we all know, it's just uh, what part of our fixed expenses for the dealership are covered by the fixed departments. Okay, uh, unfortunately, many dealers measure their success, okay, based on fixed absorption as a as the metric, okay, and you know I think that's old, and we probably should talk about that some more. Uh, it's certainly one indicator. And if you're not working on fixed absorption at this point in time, uh, I would certainly be gearing up as truck sales slow down. I know, I know. We've you know, fixed absorption is certainly a number we're we all know and love. We've been focusing through some uh, emails and some other research and commentary over the last probably three months on this idea of total absorption, John, and that brings into into it used trucks as well. That's right. But we've got a special guest with us today. Is uh, Bob Bicknowski of, of Key Advisors is with us, and uh, Bob's going to uh, to show us some thoughts on on uh, how we've managed. And you know, we're calling this a, a downturn. I don't know that I really call it a downturn. I think it's probably more of a getting back to normal. So, Bob, welcome to uh, welcome to the Three Wise Guys podcast. Oh, thanks, Keith, and uh, I'm glad to be here. And um yeah, I'd like to take a few minutes and talk about, you know, 
while downturn may be headed our way in 2020, um, downturn, uh, any type of recession, you know, within our economy also offers us the opportunity for change. So, so dealers, um, they want to get in front of this, you know, now's the time to start doing that. And it involves a lot of different things, such as, you know, how you manage your debt in a downturn, you know, managing off your balance sheet, you know, which is the wealth of your assets, how you clean your balance sheet, which I'll talk about in a few minutes. And then, for the most part, having a strategic plan and formalized processes that are you know, built around that plan, a clear vision for your company that's consistent throughout your stores, that's supported from upper management all the way through the dealership. I think among the three of us, the four of us, we can have a pretty good discussion on those along those lines. I'm going to go back to Mark real quick. You know, let's. Bob brought up Mark. One of the things that that he talks about is this whole cash management cycle, bringing cash in and I'm going to let Bob talk a little bit more about that here in a second. But, how, Mark, how do, you, how do you approach this whole idea of cash management and cash flow from a, from a fixed stop side? What, what, are, what are some of the things that you guys look at to really, in, in, you know, enhance cash management and cash flow on a fixed stop side? Parts, service, body shop, doesn't matter. Well, I think the, the biggest thing is turning over work, okay, getting work in and out. And uh, we've talked in, in the past on a couple of these about the importance of dwell time. It's really shortening the period of time from uh, the time we start spending money to the time we collect the money. Uh, if the customer has an account, it's at least 30 days typically after we close the repair order. But I continually see repair orders open for 30, 60, and more days. And um, uh, service is quick to say, well, it's parts fault, but in many, many cases, it's not. It may have took us a, a week or two to, to get it in to diagnose and get to the part. So working on your process and service and, and focusing on a customer metric of how long that truck is down or out of service it becomes important to us from a cash flow. We start spending money for the technicians as soon as they punch on the job. We start spending money... Uh, taking up the advisors in the form and time as soon as we write the repair order or when we write the repair order and certainly we start tying up parts uh, immediately once we start working on it that's all cash and it all figures into it um, uh, the quicker we turn that the quicker we close it uh, the quicker we get a purchase order if that's if that need be the faster we get it closed the more uh, the, the quicker we get that cash back we reduce the amount of float that the uh, dealer has to deal with hey john and, and bob how do you guys you know how do you take this idea of that mark's talking about of of you know it's really speed and how, i mean bob you were talking about the cash management cycle before john i know that certainly plays into both new and new trucks you know how, does, how do we integrate all three of these things together from a from an accounting side from a variable side a fixed side in terms of cash management well, you know, Keith, Mark, Mark makes a good point there, and it, it is about throughput, you know, and having metrics such as dwell time to monitor our performance, you know, and then let's talk about lag time, too, from the time that, you know, we have that last punch till we actually create that receivable, you know, we want to be able to collect our cash quickly. So, so there's two parts, you know, one is cash flow itself, uh, which we just hit on, and maximizing our cash flow from all facets of our dealership operations. And then the other part of it is cash retention, understanding where our cash goes. So at the end of the day, we may make 
just pick a number, $100,000 for the month. But, you know, in cash terms, how much did we retain in the dealership? You know, and that hits on where your cash burns are. Did our inventories go up, whether that's parts, you know, or service whip inventories, or our receivables up, you know, where their distribution's taken. So there's a distinction between cash flow itself and cash retention, both of which we want to maximize. John, I mean, John, from a variable side. Let me just uh, just kind of, I think, because a, a whole lot of really good points were made there at the same time, Keith, and so just maybe to kind of try and summarize. So, you know, really in, in the down cycle, it's really, really important to be looking at your process and operations management to make sure that you continue to improve. But really, you know, you have to go beyond that. And that's, I think, what, what Bob was saying is asset management becomes uh, so much more intense, so much more important uh, in the down cycle. And then, uh, and then the last thing that Bob touched on that I just would like to uh, to make sure that we're all kind of because it's a it's a fundamental part of the business planning process is cash preservation. Right? We certainly have to look at all of our expenditures, and uh, and I'll get into a few of those in just a minute, Keith, if you'd like, in terms as it relates to the variable operations side of the business. But really, it's those three things all combined that are really critical. They're going to separate the uh, the guys that are having economic success and making a lot of money next year and the guys that aren't. It's the guys that have tightened up their processes and are making sure that they've got the cash conversion cycle as short as possible. It's the guys that are effectively and rigorously managing their assets. And it's the guys that have really taken a hard look at their uh, SG&A, their budgets, and are really, really battening down the hatches and making sure that they're being very efficient about how they're uh, incurring expenses. You know, I'm going to add one more thing to, well, you, you just kind of hit it on the head. I mean, you know, John, you know, put the topic right out there, but, you know, um, how do you measure it? So, you know, the way I do it is I create a formalized expense reduction program. So I'll take each department and assign three expenses to each departmental manager, part, service, sales, new use, leasing, and they will be responsible for setting a benchmark. So pick up. Uh, Pick policy adjustment, for example, in service. So we're, we're going to reduce policy adjustment by 10% in 2020. So there's tools to do that. So we're going to benchmark it. We're going to track it. We're going to analyze it. We're going to provide feedback to the service department. And that way, we're focused. So people can focus on three expenses. They can't focus on 23. So it's a matter, it's a matter of putting it into smaller buckets and having a tool that gives you exactly what you just said. So I, you know, I, I, we're talking about cash, and, and I, I pulled some. Oh, this thing's like uh, must be 2008, and this is what something we had put together with one of our customers back in 2008. Mark, you might remember this one. It's talking about about uh, planning for the downturn, and, and the first sentence in this whole thing reads: "Recognize reality. We won't get back to normal." Don't know what the new world will look like, but it certainly won't look the way it did before. I don't think that we're to that point. I, I, we're certainly not not in a in a bad spot for next year. But this whole reality of of what do we got a hundred thousand hundred thousand trucks short, John? Of, of I think the year? numbers Keith, that you and I were talking about that uh, were discussed last week down in Atlanta is uh, going up from 340,000 uh, units in North America down to about 220. So, you know, a very dramatic drop. But to your point earlier, when you look at that 220,000 units in, in 2020 from a historical perspective, it's still not a bad year. It's, uh, there's still going to be a lot of trucks sold next year. And, you know, to that point, to that point, okay, don't forget there's uh, 
luckily for dealers, there's two sides to their business. The fact that we've sold so many trucks the last couple years means that fixed operations should be stronger than ever. I started talking about fixed absorption. Certainly, we want that absorption over 100%. Okay, I think the benchmark's 125% for, for our best dealers, okay. But that's really not that's really not the only measurement you need to look at okay you really need to look at what percentage of the aftermarket business after sale business are you getting in other words what percentage how much business per unit in operation in your market are you picking up if you really want to look at potential so if you're trying to to overcome what we're losing on the sales side this is a perfect storm a perfect opportunity probably a better term to focus on fixed operations because we've been putting 300,000 trucks out there for a couple years now. Okay, those trucks will need service. They'll need maintenance. The, 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 certainly the technology on a truck is, trucks are better. The maintenance interview in, inter, intervals are longer. Okay, uh, but, but the good news is when they break, it's hard stuff. It's technical stuff. And, and really that is almost captive to a dealer. There's very little aftermarket alternatives for the customers to go to. So focusing on service and the parts that come along with that and parts for the ones that don't come to your department or they fix it themselves, I think is critical uh, to, to get through 2020 and maybe 2021. Um, as you said, it's not a bad year at 220,000 trucks by any means, but the fact that we've put so many trucks in the market, to me, is a is a heck of an opportunity to really now start gearing up the process, the, the process metrics, the, the key performance indicators from your financials, and and honing that, that process to be efficient and turn the job so the cash comes quicker, so that you're able to close the repair order as soon as the truck is done, as soon as it's been quality checked, and get your money as quick as you can. I, I don't look at it as a downturn from fixed operations at all. In fact, I think it's a hell of an opportunity. So, you know, that's a good point, Mark. I I guess for for all, all three of you, you know, the thought being, if, if this really is an opportunity for for the top line of that absorption number, and John, I don't know what your thoughts are on where the used truck business is going to be in 2020, but, uh, um, you know, if, if we truly believe that, that fixed ops is a real opportunity for to, to not just be where you're at, but to grow, I, I would guess, Mark, that there's been some complacency or laziness in terms of the approach to fix ops lately because of, of the volume of new trucks. Yeah, I, I think there has. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, for, for years, really, okay, uh, certainly in the past, if we put units in operation out there, we had plenty of work, and a big percentage of that was, was warranty work. If you look at the numbers today, the warranty work percentage as a percentage of the total is way down. The trucks have gotten better. They, they really have. Uh, probably the drivers and the fleets don't believe that, but they really have gotten better. The percentage of warranty work is down, so the customer pay work is more critical than ever. What drives a the customer pay work to your dealership is is that value proposition. What, how quick do you turn it? Okay, is your price competitive? Not the cheapest, but competitive. Okay, do you treat them like a customer? Do you act like you're really glad they came there and not that it's an interruption to your business? Mark, do you think, or I mean, Bob, do you think that uh, 
that, that there's been some complacency and laziness on, on expense management, debt management. Uh, I, I probably more so on expense management, but no doubt about it, Keith. I um, I left a client uh, this week, and uh, to Mark's point, there's a lot of opportunity in fixed operations, and we were talking about service in particular with this particular client, but you know they had basically no process at all to upsell. So you know that alone in itself, just just that area of you know having a process to upsell is going to bring them a lot of opportunity in 2020. But a lot of people have gotten complacent, you know, with expense management, with the ability to ca- collect their cash. I mean, the cash gap, as we call it. So, you know, how do you close that cash gap? And that's through process change, change management. So, and having formalized tools and structure built around our processes, you know, and operations to hit that home run. And accounting's job is to take some of these things off operations plates. You know, they need to be the policemen and ladies, and they need to drive the, the metrics down to the operating departments so that they be, they can become more focused on revenue producers and generating gross, which is cash. So so we're trying to get accounting more involved with operations and give them timely, accurate financials, metrics, scorecards to, to generate that gross. You know, uh, Keith, one, one of the things that – that Bob had talked about was his tools for expense management and going to department managers and asking them to pick up a couple relevant expenses that would really make a difference. And and if I was working at Bob's dealership, one of the expenses that I'd be looking at immediately uh, is I'd be looking at my floor plan interest expense. As I drive around to, to clients and as I'm out on the street, the amount of inventory, both new and used truck inventory that's out there today is really almost uh, staggering. And uh, the floor plan interest bill that's associated. Hey, but, I, but I get, John, I get, I get uh, six months no interest on that inventory. Man, I want to buy well, all that I can. You're gonna, you're gonna sell yourself <laughs> right into oblivion, Keith. And I want you to know how much fun I've had working with you. But uh, you know, really, now is the time in the fourth quarter of 2019, uh, especially if you've got late model trade-ins. Uh, the, the, the interest on on those is is very high. Also, I'd be very. I'd be very cautious. You know, everybody gets phone calls from their OEMs every day, wanting them to order more trucks. OEs have been very, very slow to reduce schedules. Uh, there's a lot of inventory out there right now. And it's incumbent on you as a dealer to make sure that you're making the best business decisions for your dealership. I promise you, you've probably got enough inventory right now. The number one expense I'd be looking at if Bob came to me and asked me what I was going to be doing differently in 2020 was how do I get this 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 expense, this is my number one expense in my department. It's probably larger than my personnel expense. Uh, this is going to be my number one worry for 2020. How do I get that down and sooner rather than later? You know, you're exactly right, John. Yeah, you know, that's interesting too, Bob I, and John, because I know that, what, three years ago, interest was maybe three and a half, four percent. That's It was, quote, cheap money. And uh, we, we kept having this conversation about, Watch your inventory. Watch your inventory, and now it's here. Keith, on on the new truck side, right? You you kind of have a little bit of a latitude there. One of the things, though, that we've kind of touched on just a little bit here today, though, we're still in the midst of a very very significant used truck correction. So you know, as it relates to your used truck inventory, you you're kind of getting hit with both ends of the stick. The inventory is losing value every day. There isn't any OEM standing behind that that's going to make you whole on the on that inventory. And uh, and the other side of that stick, of course, is the actual 
uh, floor plan interest expense. So you really need to be aggressively managing your use truck inventory right now, doing everything you can, and specifically on your sleeper inventory, your day cab inventory, trying to get that stuff pushed over the curb. Make deals. Take a hard look at your margin expectations for the fourth quarter of 2019 and the first half of 2020. Move your inventory. Get it in the hands of your users where, as we've kind of been talking about in this, you can use it to feed your fixed operations and start to get some more parts and service business out there. Turn this stuff into economic opportunity and get it off your lot and get it off your floor plan interest expense. But I might lose money on that stuff, John. I don't want to sell stuff at a negative gross. Well, Keith, I know a lot of guys who've said that, but you know, you're not a year from now when all that cash is out the door and the trucks are still here, you'll wish you had, you'll wish you'd thought about the business a little differently. <laughs> yeah, so we're back to that whole cash conversion thing, right? That cash management cycle. Yeah, and managing your assets, absolutely, Keith. Well said. Yeah. So you know, Mark, as you look at fixed ops or parts service, body shop, John. Bob, you know, from expense side, uh, what, are, what are some of the other key expenses? We've heard floor plan. I, uh, I mean, we always get this head count thing. I know we, we just finished up a project for a customer looking at their personnel expense as a percent of gross compared to <laughs> compared to best of class and and by department and how much is is management overhead versus what's at the dealership level and. I know that that personnel, that headcount thing is always a big issue. What are some other, you know, hot topics on expenses that we might want to dig into? Keith, before we jump into that, though, can I just touch on that for one quick minute here? Because yeah, that's a headcount. You've really said a mouthful. And, you know, in the best of times, people tend to get a little sloppy. And and the reality is, um, you know, this is an opportunity to kind of challenge yourself and What's the team look like going forward? And if I got the right people on the bus and are they sitting in the right seat, this is this is the right time for you as the head of the business to be having those difficult, uh, thoughtful conversations about what my team looks like, how the team interacts with each other, are they playing well together, and have I got the right guys on the team? And if the answer is I don't think so, you know, this is the right time to be thinking about that and how do we rectify that situation. So nobody likes to be thinking about letting people go or coming into the holiday season. There's all sorts of dynamics surrounding headcount rationalization, but but that's our job. And that's the job of the dealer principal to make sure that he's got the organization properly sized and structured for success in 2020. And that's a critical conversation that all these guys need to be, ha- all these dealers need to be thinking about having right now. Mark, I mean, is there, you know, techs are always a, a premium. I mean, we're lo- are we looking at headcount and fixed side? On the, on the service side, the part side? Well, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, okay, that, that uh, we're talking a lot about expense cuts. And while I think uh, most of what we talked about is right, when it comes to service and and uh, possibly parts department, because the units in operation we've put into the market, be careful, okay? We need more headcount today than we did three or four years ago because of the OEM programs that have pushed down to the dealerships to, for, for management, okay? And customers are more focused on receiving a higher level of, of service. Their expectations are different, okay? And to administer all these these programs, it takes more people. How many people we need, that relationship between technicians and, and support personnel, for instance, in the service department, 
has gone down. In other words, uh, where it used to be three to one uh, years ago, it was even more than that. Okay, today I would estimate it to be 2.3, 2.4 to one because of these additional problems. What, what I seen in 2008, 2009, when we had a, a true recession, was dealers that made cuts across the board. In other words, every department cut expenses by X percent. Okay, uh, don't do that to your fixed operations department right now. Make it efficient. Okay, make make your process be efficient. Accomplish the goals and objectives that you've set for next year. Okay, don't rely just on fixed absorption because there might be a whole lot more potential out there. And we'll talk more about that if you want. But the but be careful. Technicians are not an expense unless they're not productive, and in most cases. Even the bottom third of technicians are making you some money, and technicians are hard to come by, uh, as as we know. We'll probably end up doing a podcast on that alone. But but uh, technicians are your inventory. How many hours you pay them to be there? How long they're there is your inventory, just like a parts inventory. You need to manage it, and know where every tenth of that time went. You need to know how much you have available. You need to know how much you have available by different skills in your department because all technicians are not equal with the type of work they can do. So be careful when it comes to fixed operations that you don't make a blanket cut across the board and end up cutting technicians. Your competition will be real happy if any of them are any good <laughs> to, to, to pick them up, okay? Um, I, this should be a banner year for service and parts. It really should be with the units in operation that are out there, okay? Um, you know, I think the, the, the serviceable life, the last article I saw is a, is a minimum of six years on a commercial truck, class six or eight truck. Okay. And in many markets, it's longer than that. You take six years of UIO in your market and what percentage of that service business are you getting? Okay. So it's more than fixed absorption. Okay, there's a lot of potential if you gear up for service, so be careful. Certainly, expense controls are important. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. Policy, rework, uh, warranty charge-offs, etc. Discounting is, is, is horrendous at most dealerships anymore. Okay, uh, but, but be careful not to cut techs. That's your inventory, unless they're not making you any money at all. Okay, and and don't make across the board uh, cuts because it'll affect your potential or what you could produce. And there's a lot of trucks in operation. We put them out there. We've made money doing that. Let's make money on the backside now. That's what total absorption is all about. The mission of Key Advisors is to increase profit for our commercial dealership clients by transforming their businesses and their business operations to best in class. We do this with a variety of services, with advisory, education programs, and business intelligence. I know that I know that one of the challenges that on the parts side is, you know, just Mark, you talked about the techs. You know, is is we don't have enough counter people, and so getting getting the number of counter people to uh, uh, the just the amount, right amount of staff. I mean, there's. There's plenty of parts being sold, and so it's about the efficiency thing, right? And it's do you need more counter people, or do you need more support people to to uh, support those counter people selling parts? Hey, Bob, you know we we've asked you onto our show, and 
and uh, Mark and John, and I've kind of taken the whole time here. Why don't you tell us some of the, some of the uh, um, wins, I guess, some of the some of the success stories that Bob Ignowski's had on some of your engagements over the last year, if you don't mind, because I know they, they center around what we're talking about here, the, the cash conversion, the, the getting the balance sheet right, getting the expenses in line, not cutting them necessarily to, to you know, to uh, uh, because of a downturn, but, but getting them to the right size of the dealership. I'd be happy to, Keith. Um, and there, everything that you just touched on, um, we kind of, you know, briefly hit in this conversation. But, you know, let's start with building the team for the future because, you know, Mark hit on it, you hit on it, John hit on it. But one thing to set yourself up for success in 2020 and even beyond 2020, you know, is, is building that team, changing the culture, uh, bringing, you know, everything that we know and learn from change management. So how do we set ourselves up for success? And a, a good piece of that is about people. There's a people aspect of the business. So as commercial truck dealers, OEMs, we all do the same thing. We all sell new used vehicles. We sell parts and service. Some of us engage in leasing and body shop work. But the differentiating factor at the end of the day to add to all that is people. So, you know, and some of the success stories that, that I've had, you know, with clients it is building that team, you know, for the future. And in conjunction with that, having the processes to, to wrap around it and the engagement of the team, you know, to build those processes and standardize those and have them consistent across your two, four, eight, 28 locations so that everybody's doing things the same way. How do you receive a part, even that basic? If everybody can get on the same page and we write an SOP and a process around it, the dealership's more successful. So, you know, if you look at, if you go back to the cash side of it, I mean, that's what it, what it's all about. You know, cash is king. So how do we develop more cash? You know, John hit on, you know, if I came, if he came to me and we're talking about expense reductions, you know, what do I target? Floor plan interest. That, that as an expense, you know, on the tool that I use for expense reduction is always on there. So, and I've seen some dealers that, you know, have taken the approach to that, you know what, you know, we've done pretty good at managing our cash over the last several years. So, so they start breaking pieces out and maybe internally finance it. So use trucks. You know, we, We've seen clients break out used trucks instead of using a flooring source, they'll use their own cash and maybe charge an internal rate of one or two percent back to the dealership, you know, instead of five, six percent, depending on credit ratings through the financial institutions. And, you know, they'll control their own, you know, flooring on used. So a little more difficult to do on news because of the size and volume of the numbers that we're dealing with. But at the end of the day, there's Lots of opportunity to, to restructure your debt, uh, work with your banking partners, and figure out, you know, what's the best scenario to maximize cash position. Yeah, Bob, I know that you've, you've been in one dealership where they've changed the entire team. Uh, you've been engaged with transitioning the, from the dealer principal to, to his uh, child to, to take over his, his role. Uh, you know, and they've, they've really 
reinvented that team. What, what's been the results of that? The results have been huge, Keith. Um, I actually talked to them today. You know, they just finished close in October. So from an accounting side, we're sitting here on November the 8th, and their books are closed. Their financial statements are distributed. Their scorecards and all that the can't tools. be done, Bob. You can't, you can't close a financial statement in eight days. Sure you can. No way. It's all about process. You know, having a having a checklist and you know turning close activities, as I call them, into pre-close activities. So we don't wait till the end of the month to start doing things. We do them during the course of the month. You know, take warranty schedules for example. You know, they used to wait until the month was over before they even looked at a warranty schedule. Now the warranty manager in conjunction with the controller have weekly meetings and the warranty adjustments, you know, go in on a weekly basis, the schedules are reviewed. So it's that cleaning your balance sheet process and moving any activities to a pre-close activity from a close activity. So when you do that, you're able to substantially move up the time frame that it takes to, to close your month. So in some cases you may make, you know, some accruals, um, and then flatten them out in the course of the quarter, you know, to achieve that. But for the most part, you really do have all the information. I mean, the last piece that you're really missing is a factory statement. But if you've done everything you need to do as a pre-close activity, when you get the factory statement, it's a matter of really checking it and tying it out. And you can do that in one day and booking the entry. So they've seen huge successes there. And what that does is all the operating departments have got solid financial, solid metrics, and they've got time to readjust for the rest of the month. So they've got the rest of November now to look at their performance, not only month, but quarter and year to date, and readjust what they need to do in November, you know, to close the month strong and hit their targets for November. So, and everybody knows what their part is. As you've done that, Bob, I mean, what are, what's some of the financial impacts that that, that they've been able to, to, to see? I mean, expense reduction, gross improvements, whatever it is. They've seen uh, a lot of, uh, improvements, you know, number one on the growth side, you know, they've changed process. So, you know, their their parts and service margins have moved up. Parts margins have moved up in the last 18 months about one and a half points. And on, on the volume that they sell, that's a lot of money. So service has come up about a point and a half also, but they still have a ways to go because they're still not near guide, but they do have a process now and they're working towards it. And in 2020, I can see them picking up another one to two points in service also. So on the expense side of it, okay. ahead, didn't you say that they're didn't you say that they're going to end up above above budget significantly above budget as well? Bottom line, yeah, yes, I I got the numbers today and went through the financials, and when they close November, they will be already at budget. So actually, it's going to be a banner year for them. Um, Probably the best year in 20 years. So everything has, you know, I've been working with this client for over two years now. And they've actually, anybody can sit here and talk about these things and have plans, but they've actually executed on them. And that's the key piece. You know, and assign tasks, projects, developing metrics and scorecards, changing process to various team members to own the task. If someone doesn't own the task, and be the leader, it doesn't get done. So so they've actually driven that through the dealership. Mark, I know you know this customer Bob's talking about. You'd worked with them before. You know, what's, what's some of the challenges that they had in the past and that they were able to overcome to, 
to, to make this stuff happen? Well, I think like like uh, many clients, the, the biggest challenge is we've never done it that way. We've always done it this way, the, or, or the culture, okay? They were a successful dealer. Uh, you've heard me say before, good is the enemy of great, okay? So it was, it was hard, okay, to get them to buy in that they could do even better, okay? Um, and that's where benchmarks really come to play. If, you, if you're looking at the top 25% of dealers, nobody hires us uh, to be average. They hire us to be the best or, or the best in their market. And, um, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, it came down to people and, and convincing them that it could be done. Okay, number one, drawing, making a roadmap or a process of, of where they wanted to get to at some point and then start putting the building blocks in place the structure first before the training and and executing uh, uh, and and they started making changes back then okay made some significant changes expanded part of their service business to another building and so forth okay so uh, uh, I'm real really really proud of them and now with the uh, with the uh, uh, second generation taking over Okay, that's a huge transition to go through. I think they went backwards a little bit in the beginning of that when that started happening. And it sounds uh, like uh, Bob is bringing them back up to where they were. And hopefully uh, they'll continue on that road to success. Bob, what's some other, other successes that you, you've had, whether it's that customer? I know you're starting to talk about expenses uh, with, them, with them just a minute ago. Well, I can tell you, you know, you know another customer, you know, client that I'm working with right now. I mean, they, they were, really weren't digging in deep on their balance sheet so or their financial statements for that fact. So on the expense side, and this is basic, and this is something Mark can relate to really easy, um, they never looked at shop supplies. So uh, they were writing off about $5,000 a month in shop supplies because they did not know enough about the process and what they needed to do to recover that expense right down to – they thought that the escalator should be set at uh, 1%, which is not even the zip code for guide. So so we've been changing that incrementally over the last six months. You know, Mark helped me out with that, told me what guide was, told me how to, you know, change it. It was a huge help, you know, with that expense. And they flipped that from writing off $5,000 a month to making $2,000 a month. So, you know, and they're a one-point dealer. So for a one-point dealer, that's huge. It was a swing of $70,000 of, of cash, because that's cash right to the bottom line, uh, in a positive direction. And that was just one one expense class. So that was a huge success story for them right there. But that also shows, you know, the bench strength of key advisors, too. I mean, we all work together, you know, as a team. And, you know, we, we draw on each other's knowledge. And, you know, when you do that, you hit a home run. I think the the last thing, you know, that I'd, I'd like to speak to, you know, which was a huge success too, in my opinion, was a client down in Texas, very large, you know, viewership that was down there. And when you look at headcount, uh, and Mark made a good point of this, don't just go cut people, whether they're technicians or accounting staff, because you need to take a hard look at it. You know, sometimes people work hard, but they don't work smart. Or when you take a hard look at it, you find that, you know, things aren't centralized or you've got four people doing the same thing. 
you know, and that's some of the things I found. You got three different people doing bank reconciliations. I mean, there's no need for that. You've got, you know, payables split all over, you know, various dealerships and not centralized at all under one process that is refined and works well. So, so when you, when you step back and take a look at, you know, centralizing some of the accounting functions, you might, you will free tie up for people. So, but you don't need to necessarily, you know, lay that person off just to cut your expenses. Repurpose that person. Is that is that person valuable in another area of dealership? And how do we do that? So, you know, and along with that, you know, when people start looking at cutting expenses, you know, don't go after training either. I mean, we need to continue to train our people in the dealerships. So, and if you look at, you know, the value of training and what that does, uh, it's more than an offset to the expense of the training itself. So we want to continue to train our people, you know, whatever department they're working in and make them more effective because that breeds success. Bob, I'm reminded, I think Winston Churchill is the guy who usually gets credit for this quote, but it's never let a perfectly good crisis go to waste. And so what we've been talking about here is process improvement, getting people organized more effectively, uh, looking at what, and training is, to your point, it's just another great example of with online training. I mean, the world's changed today. And with the online training options that are available to you today, you can continue to provide best-in-class training for your people, but you can sure make it a lot more affordable because you don't have to be sending them uh, all over the country to take that training. They can they can be taking it right there at their desk at the dealership. So, you know, all these are just great examples of process improvements. Uh, there is a lot more to this uh, budgeting and business planning in the downturn than whacking costs. And I think Mark made that point earlier, but uh, it's a good opportunity to challenge all the departments and all the processes in your dealership to see if you can't make them more efficient. And, and I think that's the opportunity that we're looking at for 2020. Yeah, I think, I think that's uh that's that's very true. I think that uh, uh, you know we, we started this podcast by talking about that we're we're going from 340 to 240 220,000 trucks. And if you told somebody six years ago that you're going to be selling 220,000 trucks in a year, that's that's a pretty decent year. But you know, it's, we just happen to be going down downhill from two really outstanding years, record years. So. It feels like it's going to hurt a lot more than it probably really will hurt. Um, you know, John, you're quoting famous people, and I don't know who the famous person that said this was, but uh, you know, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. And uh, um, not that we're not that we're necessarily to that point, but uh, you know, the tide's going to go out on new truck sales and and uh, some of that gross that's been generated by new trucks and allowed some of these other departments maybe to not operate at their best. It's time to challenge ourselves again and look at the at these departments and uh, the entire dealership and see what can we short up? What can we uh, improve a process, uh, retain more cash, whatever it might be. Hey, Mark, one thing before we go. Go ahead. To, to that point, okay, the one thing before we go, I guess, okay. To that point, okay, I don't look at 2020 as a downturn i really don't okay is it a shift absolutely it's a shift and the opportunity is perfect to focus on fixed operations to reap the benefits from all the trucks we sold certainly there's adjustments we need to make and i think bob and john and you have covered those uh very very well okay but don't just focus on fixed absorption 
okay? Instead of that, think of ways you can maximize your service revenue from the vehicles you have sold. The best way to do it is measure service revenue per units in operation, okay? It's easy to calculate. You just take the number of trucks you sold in the last six years is what's generally used and calculate the amount of total service revenue you're getting from those trucks and divide it and see what your revenue, your service revenue is or parts revenue is per unit in operation in your market, okay? Uh, I think it's a much more meaningful diagnostic tool than fixed absorption by itself, okay? It gives you a clearer picture of your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, it lets you know if you're having a retention problem or you're having a problem getting more dollars out of every truck you see or are you having trouble getting customers to come in for their first service? Okay, uh, or, or are they dropping off after they're out of warranty? And focus on those things with your process to get the, the to build and take advantage of the units in operation that we've put out there. You know, Don't. I just learned something. I just learned something from you. Is that the first time? Well, no, today, today. <laughs> <laughs> Today, I always learn something from him when I talk to him. When you're as old as he is, it's hard not to. <laughs> yeah. I'm always the oldest guy in the room. <laughs> so. yeah, that's right. Yeah. John, what's your last piece of wisdom you'd like to give us? My closing piece uh, for today is uh, we didn't wait for 2020 in the used truck business for things to get tough. It's been tough in 2000. Uh, 19 and uh, you know u.s retail sales remain high dealer inventory levels remain high. the pieces are not in place for recovery yet so you know my my number one piece of advice for for my clients our dealers continues to be you know make sure that you're making sound investment decisions that reflect what's going to happen in 2020 don't be making 2020 valuations based on 2018 pricing you're, you'll really get hurt that way and make sure that you are managing your assets because uh, you sleeper inventory going down over a thousand dollars a month every month and that's going to continue for the foreseeable future so do not fall in love with your trucks manage your assets it's a critical piece of being effective in the down downturn and uh, you know keep your eye on the ball be very cautious with your valuation approach and make sure that you are doing everything you can to find homes for your used truck inventory sooner would be better than later Buy in the market and sell in the market. You know, huh? In the same market would be would be my yeah, advice. In the same market. <laughs> <laughs> Buy in the market, sell in the same market. Bob, anything else? Hey, Bob, thanks for coming on and joining us today. So, uh, thanks for joining us today. Not a problem. I'll, I'll leave you with a few parting words. Also, um, manage off your balance sheet. That's where your wealth is. Uh, watch your inventories, as John said. Uh, manage your cash flow and how can you retain more cash in your dealership? Get aggressive with your collections. Uh, have a capital spending plan as you go into 2020 so you don't overshoot yourself. Uh, be aggressive in the marketplace and look to change management you know, for process change and develop your strategic plan for 2020. Hey, Bob, I'm going to ask you to clarify or maybe expand on one thing. Could you expand on that cash retention? Is there a formula or is there a a target that you would say somebody should shoot for in terms of cash retention? You should be able to put your finger, Keith, on 90% you know, of the cash. So if you made a million dollars in the year as operating income, 
you know, you should be able to put your finger on $900,000 of that, that million. You know, the other 10% gets gets absorbed into the dealership, but you, you need to understand if, if you get to the end of the year and apples to apples, if you made a million dollars and there's, you know, $400,000 in your bank account, what happened to the other 600000 gotcha. So, you know, where did you burn the cash? I mean, did you invest it in inventories? You know, is it tied up in your receivables or the warranty or customer pay, part service? Um, is the owner taking distributions? I mean, there's lots of things and, you know, tools that I use to, to measure cash retention. You need to understand where your cash goes. Okay, thanks. Thanks again uh, to uh, everyone that's listening. We've got some great feedback uh, from listeners over the last couple of weeks. I would ask you to go subscribe to us. And if you like what you hear, let us know. If you don't like what you hear, let us know as well. We would uh, like your feedback and uh, would really like to, uh, to to have these podcasts on things that, that our listeners would like to hear. So until next time, uh, this is Mark and John, our special guest, Bob. And uh, finally, this is Keith. We're done. Thanks for listening to Three Wise Truck Guys, the podcast from Key Advisors. Send us feedback, comments, and questions to info at keyadvisors.com.